Hey listeners, I have another great episode for you. Uh, Just a heads up, this episode does have some content your children may not have heard before, so you may want to give it a listen before you share it with them. Thanks for listening. Hi there, this is the Whole Home Podcast. Thank you for joining me in this wonderful new year full of promise. If you're like me, you're probably rethinking your life as we are turning from the holidays to the beginning of 2024. Maybe not all of life, but certainly I'm praying prayers with my husband that God will clarify desires and directions for this new year while clearing away clutter in my soul and thoughts and in my home. Like many of you probably, I am especially excited to welcome my guest to the podcast and second guest of the year and to hear how God has worked in her and through her in her life to bring about his kingdom. Welcome, my dear friend, Ashley Anderson. Thank you so much. I appreciate being on. Thank you for doing the podcast. Ashley, you in recent years have been no stranger to the microphone, but how are you feeling (laughs) this evening with this giant one in your face? Oh, I'm so nervous. This thing is huge. It's so huge. In (laughs) fact, you said, what the heck is that? (laughs) Which is funny. Um, All right. I love the story of how you came to be a regular on the mic with your husband, and I hope... Maybe you'll share it later. Now it's time to share how we met. And it was at the Francis wedding, I think, officially. Yeah, yeah. Um, Emily and Craig Francis got mm-hmm. married in, I think, 2021. So we met outside the tent there. I think we were talking with Josh Soto at the time. Mm-hmm. And you and Ryan walked up and started talking. Um, Simon ended up meeting up with Ryan, actually, about um, my, my husband, Simon's in a band. It's his band called Dropping Ugly. So he was just trying to get some information and guidance from Ryan on how he can better, I guess, integrate art and in his case, music into kind of his life mm-hmm. as a believer and how he can glorify God through that and by using that. And so that was really helpful. I um, feel like we almost didn't meet, though. Yeah. Ryan and I were I leaving were the leaving. wedding. You yeah. were actually leaving. So we were, yeah, we had just stepped outside the tent for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I guess it was it was God's timing. It was Thank good. you, Lord. <laughs> and then we got to know each other, you and I. Did we go to dinner at your house first before the Supper of the Lamb group, or was that after? I think that was after. I'm okay. pretty sure that was after. But yeah, the Supper of the Lamb book study, that was where I think it was like probably 10 other ladies mm-hmm. uh, that came over there. And I think I only attended like twice because I was super inconsistent. So um, I don't but remember it, that. it was a nice time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the dinner at your house, though, that's what stood out to me as our first meeting even though I know it wasn't, but just I feel like that's where we really got to know one another. And yeah. I remember just my family was really blessed by the fact that you would invite all of us over to your house. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I remember we were wowed by your food and your wine and your hospitality and oh, all of that. Nice. And yeah, it just, in a lot of ways, it, it moved me to say some of the things that I wrote in reflection about you that I want to share right now. So even though we don't necessarily spend a lot of time together, I still feel very connected to you. And I just think that's an Anderson superpower <laughs> and just so loved and welcomed by you. And you have one of the most hospitable constitutions I've ever come into contact with. And from your huge smile, your constant flow of kind and encouraging words, your open door, never failing massive spread of scrumptious food and drink um, made with love and joy by you and arms always reaching for a hug from whomever you are near to. And your husband, Simon, is the same way. Totally. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) And together, you two are such a dynamic duo. And I feel like you need matching capes or jumpsuits or something. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know about that. But thank you. I can see it. And I also want to say that you have encouraged me to try new things. When you started joining your husband in singing in his band and to be a better cook by your passion for fine food and to be more welcoming by your open arms. So I'm always glad to see you and thank you for all the love you've shown me and my family over the years. And we really treasure you, Aww. Ashley. Oh, gosh, Lori, that's so nice. <laughs> And let's just get into your whole home. Start with your soil and where you grew up, if you care to share. Well, I was um, I was born in Petersburg, Virginia, not too far away from here. It's about 45 minutes south. But 
I was born there, raised by uh, my mom and dad in Dinwiddie. I'm the middle kid, so I have an older brother, older sister, and younger sister. There's actually quite a bit of an age gap in between me and uh, my older brother, Chris. So it's about 12 years or so. No it's way. A, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, okay. big, uh, pretty big age gap. So my mom was previously married. She got pregnant when she was about 19. Okay. Got married shortly after. At that point, I believe she uh, was married for about two years. Ended up getting a divorce because... Well, her ex-husband, he wasn't the nicest person. So so at that point, she was a single mom for a while with Chris. She met my dad a few years later, and they actually dated for five years before they decided to get married um, or okay. engaged even because she just wanted to make sure it was the right thing and she wasn't rushing in to something else. Is um, this all in the Dinwiddie area? That was more so Chester. So okay. they lived in Chester for a few years, and then... I guess I technically lived in Chester for maybe a few months of life before mm-hmm. we moved to Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie is definitely my home okay, for sure. But yeah, so my older sister, she's two years older. My youngest sister is four years younger, so and she's actually just got engaged and is uh, moving towards getting married and everything, so wow. that's really exciting. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird, but, but it's very exciting for her. So, What was Dinwiddie like? Well... <laughs> It's it's a uh, it's about I I don't know if redneck would necessarily be a term that everyone would accept as a good thing. Okay. <laughs> um how do you see it? Good and bad. Like there are southern parts of Dinwiddie and then there're definitely like redneck parts of Dinwiddie. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of lifted trucks and okay. A lot of a lot of mudding which uh, is uh is where you basically you you drive a vehicle either like an ATV <laughs> or like a giant <laughs> truck in a field of mud like okay. it's literally what it sounds like so everyone's cars are super dirty is it like a hunting <laughs> no it's just clip? uh no. most people I, I'm assuming get like pretty drunk and then do that so I've actually never been it's probably something I probably should do before I die <laughs> since I'm from there <laughs> yeah okay so money that's what you do for fun. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there really isn't a lot besides. Uh, there's a motorsports park there, so uh, sometimes there's like drag racing, motorcycle racing, things like that. But we literally have a food lion and about two stoplights, so oh, there's really not a lot there <laughs> to this day or when you were younger. I think that we got one more food lion. Oh, <laughs> and there's uh, maybe like yeah, we have a Taco Bell now. That's pretty nice, okay. I guess. Do most yeah. people have a lot of <laughs> land? Is that why? Um, uh, there's a decent amount of people that have quite a bit of land. That's usually like older Dinwiddie money, you know, where mm-hmm. they've had the property in the family for years. But there's plenty of people that just have like a normal, normal size, like acre of land or okay. half an acre of land. Yeah. It's pretty rural. Uh, there's a lot of back roads. Yeah. So the street you grew up on, describe it. Well, it's called Butterwood, so <laughs> there's that. Butterwood what? Street? Butterwood Road. Okay. Yeah. It's extremely twisty. It's about as wide enough to fit one vehicle, but it's a two-lane. Okay. So, and most people drive about 55 miles an hour on it. So <laughs> it can be treacherous, I guess, if you don't drive it normally. Like when me and Simon started dating, he was afraid he was going to get in a car wreck every time he came to pick me up. Mm. <laughs> but That's um, funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, though. I really enjoyed growing up there. Uh, We don't live, or at least my parents, they're still in the same house, but we didn't live in like a suburb type area. So we had a couple friends because they were, you know, near to us, Mm -hmm. but um, the houses aren't super close together or anything. Is it the kind of place where you're driving through trees, the mailbox is like on the road and then you drive up? kind of or with your house is on the road no it's um so they're off of a lane so it is similar where there's like trees on the other each side and mm-hmm. then you're driving down a winding road and then you there's a lane on the right and they're one of the houses off of it there's okay. three different houses okay so, yeah so then good. if you wanted to get to your friend's house you'd have to tromp through the woods or you'd go on this crazy road where people are driving super fast no usually we just walk th- walk through there's a couple lanes that are kind of bordering like mm-hmm. parallel to the to our property so so we just walk through there is a tree line but when I was a kid I mean the trees weren't big at all so it really didn't didn't matter yeah (laughs) yeah where did you go to school um I was actually homeschooled so when my my mom and dad got married 
and they moved out to Dinwiddie. They didn't really like the schools, so they decided that they'd like to homeschool us. My dad actually worked at Philip Morris. He uh, graduated college and then got a internship there straight afterwards and was able to move up pretty far in the company. He's a, or I guess um, at the time he was a mechanical engineer, so he's retired now. But, okay. but yeah, so that afforded them the opportunity to homeschool us. Mom had worked at a bank before that, and that's what she was doing when she was single with Chris. Mm-hmm. So I was homeschooled. I, I really liked it. It was pretty good. All of the grades? It was until, let's see... I guess probably about 16. Uh, I started a year early. started when I was four in kindergarten. And then at 16, I ended up going to dual enrollment uh, at Richard Bland College. Mm -hmm. So that's a junior college. It's affiliated with William and Mary, but it's super close to Dinwiddie. So as soon as I could drive, I ended up doing dual enrollment classes there and uh, got my associates of science there before transferring to VCU. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you have any fond homeschooling memories? It was really fun being with uh, my sisters. So I guess because of the big age gap with my brother, he would come to visit. But I mean, again, it's a a pretty huge age gap. So Mm -hmm. when we were super young, he was already like 16. Mm -hmm. Um, So he ended up going to live with his dad for quite a few years. So he wouldn't come super often. And uh, Grace and Megan... My, my sisters, they were kind of the only people around, really. Hmm. Um, around you, you're saying? Yeah, okay. yeah. So we didn't really do any, like, co-ops. There were a few times that we did uh, classes that were considered, like, homeschool classes. Mm-hmm. Like, we did Spanish. Actually, that was with Joanna Rowland. So oh. um, Josh and Joe's parents. So um, my family was very close with them. And we uh, used to vacation together and things like that. And it was fun. Actually, one one time when we were on vacation, I had gotten saved when I was probably about eight or so. And uh, about a year afterwards, we went on vacation with them and they wanted to watch the movie Left Behind. You may or may not have seen it. I don't know. But it's oh. it's basically about the rapture. Okay. So as like a nine-year-old, that movie terrified me. <laughs> I was like, I'm totally going to be left behind. No doubt. There's no way that I'm saved. My parents are going to leave me. And Robert Roland had to like talk me down when we were at the beach because I just got so, uh, so nervous and bothered by it. But um, were you the only kid that was worried? Yeah, yeah, which made me feel even weirder. You know, that <laughs> yeah. doesn't necessarily build uh, build your confidence. There. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. His guidance at that time was: if I'm worried about it, then I'm probably okay. Yeah, <laughs> which in hindsight, it didn't give me like the utmost of confidence so as a child I literally started paying attention to like road signs at that age Mm. and names of roads and memorizing like where my non-saved family members lived as like a default so that was an interesting time of life (laughs) I was a pretty anxious child (laughs) that is really interesting for me just being that my son just turned nine and so I could picture how young you are just thinking of him yeah Anyway, so do you go back to Dinwiddie now? Yeah, yeah, I usually go back every month or so. And my parents, we take turns coming back and forth to each other's house. So my husband and, and them, they have a really good relationship. So that's really nice. It's a very, very big blessing. So, Is Simon's family from around here too? They're from um, Fredericksburg, okay. so about 45 minutes north. Do the Fredericksburg people, can they relate to Dinwiddie people? <laughs> Is it two different um, worlds? It seems, well, so growing up, I always thought of Fredericksburg as Nova, but then I met mm. Simon and he was like, that's completely incorrect. Mm-hmm. Like Fredericksburg is not even that far no- north, but to me, it just seemed so far north. So, but I mean, even as a kid, Richmond seemed extremely different, which it is mm-hmm. from, from Dinwiddie and the the culture that Dinwiddie is. All of the cultures are different between Dinwiddie, Richmond, and Fredericksburg. Fredericksburg is a lot more, I don't know, swing dancing is like a big thing there. They have like a really cute downtown area. Yeah, they really do. We went and had a vacation there, I guess, two years ago. We totally want to go back. It was so much fun to go to Yeah, they have a lot to do. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and Carl's ice cream. And the history is surprising. (laughs) Maybe Dinwiddie has really awesome history, too. I have no idea. But (laughs) they have Pamplin Park. It mostly centers around the Civil War, most of their history stuff. There really isn't. Oh, there is a tractor museum. But that's more Colonial Heights, actually. Okay. Yeah. But people from Dinwiddie go there. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a good time. (laughs) I've never been. (laughs) So what was your personality like as a kid? I was a, a pretty quiet child most of the time. I was, I guess, what one would consider a rule follower or a kiss-up, either way. Probably both. But I was pretty angry, honestly. I was a pretty angry child, which my older sister can attest to. I was pretty much like a bully growing up. Okay. So even though we got along sometimes, there were also then other times where um, I was not the kindest. Like, physical altercations. Mm-hmm would throw her on the ground and kick her as a child. Like, yeah, I was not very kind. Which now is a joke that we have between us. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't a very kind thing. But you were at the same time, that's very interesting. You said you were more of a rule, rule follower. What do you think? To, I guess, like adults Okay. in their mind. My older sister also took it upon herself not to ever be a snitch. So I never got in trouble. Ooh. And she never told on me, which... In hindsight, I <laughs> owe her for. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, she actually goes to Remnant too. Her name's Megan Grace. But yeah, I. I, uh, I don't know. I think I was angry in part a lot of my childhood because my brother and I are estranged. So, mm-hmm. and then when I was really young, he actually enlisted. Again, age difference is huge. Um, he enlisted in the military uh, shortly after 9/11 happened. And went over on several tours to Iraq. Him and my mom already didn't really have a great relationship. He just didn't want to be around her because I guess she she enforced rules that his dad didn't. Mm-hmm. And so that created a barrier. And then kind of once he got in the military, it became less and less communication. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, um... We just never... We never got close. I really wanted a relationship with him. But um, it just, I guess, was not meant to be. And so I uh, I think that that made me really angry. I held a lot of resentment towards him and bitterness. And I figured in, you know, my young mindset, well, it's better to be angry than be sad. So mm-hmm. I'll just be angry. But Even yeah. as a little, little kid, you don't necessarily think of little kids being angry. Yeah. But that's your memory. Yeah. And experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And my sisters can attest to that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I think that they, they process things more so maybe being sad about it or maybe being numb. But I didn't process it that way, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, And that's only been something in the last, like, honestly, I would say four or five years where God's really, I mean, you know, you get older, it's a lot easier to hide that, I think. And in the past few years, I've, I've tried reconnecting with him. Um, not to get into to something too heavy at this point. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, I had tried reconnecting with him. I guess it was about two and a half years ago or so. But uh, it was just kind of me reaching out. And, you know, after a while, it's just kind of don't really want to keep doing that. Yeah. But um, God's been really faithful and kind of growing me to learn to accept that and to forgive him. I don't think my brother is a Christian. Mm-hmm. Which makes it hard from a standpoint of, you know, kind of knowing what that entails for him. And honestly, it has given me a lot more compassion to see him that way rather than to see him as uh, like a brother that wasn't around, you sure. know. So, but God is good and has kind of helped me to forgive him. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because there isn't really anything that he necessarily did wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just, just I hurt. <laughs> guess, yeah, just, I guess, n- neglect, I guess, would be the term <laughs> yeah. I don't know so you and your sisters were still close did you have a big age gap or were you pretty no so my older age? sister um she's two years older so mm-hmm. me and her were uh, great friends for the majority of our childhood and it kind of flipped back and forth which I feel like sometimes it still kind of does where it'd be I'd be closer with my older sister and then be closer with my younger sister mm-hmm. I feel like I started getting more close with grace you know when when she became a teenager before that you know where it's a four-year gap and so um, it can be kind of I guess kind of hard to relate I guess between like a 12 year old and an eight-year-old mm-hmm. but, but yeah they're both great I love them both very much 
were you guys able to play together in school together? Like, how did that work out? Were you doing your lessons together? Some families have like desks all over the house. Were you guys all at the same table? How yeah. did it work? Yeah, so we were we were mostly at the same table. I guess um, in the earlier years, Grace, my youngest sister, she was kind of you know separated off with mom because mom would be working with her mm-hmm. on on things because you know she'd be in kindergarten first grade type thing and we me and Megan would mostly be at a table together and so that was good except for the times that we just distracted each other all day <laughs> so but um but we would always be nearby um you know and mom is ears like a hawk so she would be able to hear if we were not doing our work but yeah how would your siblings describe you in other ways were there other other words you could use <laughs> Um, well, when I was a child, I was probably more so of a tomboy. So okay. um, I really liked doing stuff out in the garage with dad, liked learning how to fix things, mm-hmm. which has been helpful <laughs> in adult <laughs> life. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know. I um, was definitely more quiet than my older sister, but my little sister is even more quiet than I am. So I didn't like reading, so I wasn't like a bookworm. I liked daydreaming a lot. Was your dad like a tinkerer well, if he was an engineer? Yeah, I mean, he he learned a lot from his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so my pop, uh, my, my yeah, uh, it was my pop and Nana. That's what we called them. But um, he, my pop could fix practically anything. And my dad was not far behind him in that. Um, he learned a ton from him. So he'd be working on different things like tractor engines, or he'd be, you know, replacing a deck. So learning how to use, you know, a hammer and a nail gun and screwdriver and all of those things learning how to replace the oil in my car um, that is helpful yeah it is helpful <laughs> do you have any other project that you can remember doing with your dad that you really enjoyed so at smyrna that was the church that I grew up in dinwiddie i probably should have mentioned that earlier but um so when we moved to dinwiddie my parents uh number one wanted to find a good church and then number two wanted to homeschool us so we started going to smyrna which was pastored by Reverend Robert Rowland, mm-hmm. which is Josh Joe and Ben's dad. And we stayed there. I mean, my parents still go to that church today, but they used to do these outreach events where they would invite everybody in the community. And it would be, I think that they were called boxcar racing. They would give out these little kits and then you would go home and you would build a little car. So I remember building that with dad. And it was just like a block of wood. Yeah. And he traced out a design for the little cars mm. and then cut that out. I was really young when we did that. So um, I just got to paint it. But I painted it red with flames on it. So <laughs> it was be- going to be very fast. <laughs> was there like a, a trophy for the winner? Yes, I did not get that trophy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> True source of your I'm anger I'm not bitter right anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that was probably one of the earliest ones I can remember. That's fun and special, especially if all the community comes out or um, a lot of it. It was a it was a pretty good portion. There were a lot of kids that competed, and it was usually they'll do like a dinner and then have the event, and so it was a good outreach mm-hmm. um, event for the community for sure. Uh, okay, so did you have any other hobbies or things that you enjoy doing? Well, my mom forced us to. My mom and dad forced us to do piano lessons but I actually enjoyed that so that was helpful my older sister hated it though she hated (laughs) it so so much um so that was that was interesting that was actually our piano teacher lived in uh, McKinney which is about 30 minutes farther south of Dinwiddie so going to her house was really fun and getting to Mm -hmm. learn new songs and that was probably my first real like introduction into instruments and music did you have a piano at home or a keyboard we had this gigantic old piano that was completely out of tune oh (laughs) um so you would practice and the song wouldn't sound anything like it's supposed to but you just had to be sure you were hitting the right notes Mm because then when you went back then it sounded like pretty decent you know but um (laughs) yeah that was an interesting challenge but it was one of the upright pianos so how many years did you play? Um, so I guess I played for about six years. Then I took a break and my piano teacher retired. And then later in high school, actually, I asked to restart them. And I finished out my piano lesson. So 
Um, there's a certain amount of books typically you go through, and I had finished all of those. So then yeah, it, was, it was time to go to college, and I just stopped. But mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't really play much now, though, unfortunately. Do you have a piano? I'm trying I to do, remember. I do, but it's a keyboard. Okay. Yeah, um, which works fine, but I don't know. It doesn't have the same, like, magical pull that, mm-hmm. like, a wooden piano does, you know? So I don't know. Did you have <laughs> any other crafty-type hobbies or outdoor sports-type things? Um. My dad got me a pocket knife, and I really liked whittling when I was really young, but I wasn't very good at it, so I just enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we took it upon ourselves to also make a bunch of forts, which is pretty normal, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, our, our parents' land backs up to a forest, and we had a good relationship with our neighbor that owned the forest, so we used to go back in, into there and make a bunch of forts, and my older sister, Megan, she was really good at making, uh, like, booby traps. Oh. So when That's we'd funny. have, yeah, when we'd have, like. Who was she trying to trap? You? Your sister? It was normally the, well, imaginary people. But then also it was, uh, you know, when we'd have other homeschool families over, it was mm-hmm. mostly to keep boys out of the fort. So, Perfect. Yeah, it was very much like a boys versus girls. So she had the bright idea to fill, you know, those rubber latex gloves? Yeah fill them up with water stuffed with those long onions that you pull like the wild onions you can pull out of your mm-hmm. yard so it was just a big bag of onion water and she would rig it to just swing and hit somebody oh my goodness um, so she's pretty good at that we also tried to build a pond which didn't work at all it was just a giant gaping hole with a pile of dirt next to it. <laughs> so so we didn't do a very good job but it was fun yeah no doubt yeah Good memories. So you <laughs> got into mischief, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was mostly mostly that. Yeah. Any fun, or it doesn't have to be fun, but other memories with your mom? You talked about some things you did with your dad, but what about your mom? Well, with my mom, she spent almost all day with us. Um, so we did all of our homeschooling with her. We also... She taught us how to help with cooking and baking. Not a lot and not intense recipes, but we still did help. Mm-hmm. But most of the stuff I remember doing with her is kind of that. When I was really young, we started traveling a lot back and forth to Newport News. So my granny, her mom, she got uh, lung cancer. So we would travel back and forth to take her to chemo and radiation appointments. So... We spent a lot of time together that way, and I guess I wasn't. I guess I wasn't really young. I was probably probably ten or eleven at that point. But it was just it was a nice time as mm. a you know, at that age, I didn't really realize the severity of the situation. So sure. it was like, oh, we get to go see Granny all the time. We get to go take her back and forth to her appointments and watch movies like Gremlins and eat a bunch of junk food that she keeps at the house and things like that. And mm-hmm. We would have like ladies nights with granny and mom. So we would play things like Yahtzee and paint our nails. And this one time uh, Megan did a makeover, quote unquote, for mom. And um, she basically made her look like a clown. And my <laughs> little sister just started weeping because she had no idea who mom was anymore. Because <laughs> she was still, I guess she was probably about five or six at the time it really scared her for some reason Um, but that could have also been because we watched gremlins i think the same time so yeah 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 my little sister still hates gremlins (laughs) (laughs) so tell me more about your church life how much was that a part of your life going to um smyrna oh we i mean we went um sunday morning sunday night wednesday night and then they would have sometimes um, other additional things it was usually awana at least early on, it was Awana, so, you know, the little light bulb character, and you have to get all those badges. Yeah, I'm trying to think. They had uh, different renditions, but usually it would always consist of a lesson, Bible verse memorization, a snack, and usually rec time. That was usually mm-hmm. all that that was, but we would do that every Sunday. My parents were really dedicated to making sure that we were there, even though I, I even I, I can remember them being just tired and worn out from it. And now being an adult, I can <laughs> very much appreciate their dedication to that because it's a lot of nights a week mm-hmm. to, or a lot of time during a week to make sure that we were where we needed to be. Did they teach Awana classes? 
My mom did. My dad typically went to service, and then they usually had choir practice, and he was in the choir when I was younger. He has a really nice voice. Okay. So That's cool. Would he sing with y'all, or did you sing in the car or um, in the house? He would sing. Me and my older sister never really sang in front of people, like ever, really. I mean, unless it was with a group of people. And even then, my older sister hated it. But she has a really good voice, actually. And I I did the kids' choir. She did as well, but then she decided to kind of step step back from that after a while. But they had us all in the kids' church choir. So we definitely avoided any type of solo work. That mm-hmm. would not be something that we would ever step to. Tell me um, about kids' choir. That's cute. Would you sing in front of the whole church or just? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was. They would usually put on plays. So it was typically like, you know the nativity, uh, like a nativity type play for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes during uh, VBS, which is Vacation Bible School in the summer times, they would also do like a choir of sorts or a um, drama reenactment. So typically it was singing in sign language together or singing and dance together, depending on who was teaching in that year. But So you didn't sing, but would you dance? No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. All right. So what did you do on Wednesdays at Smyrna? Did you, you didn't mention anything like a Bible city group or trying to think what else might there be, camps or anything like that? Um, They had usually, I thought it was usually a Bible study on Wednesdays. To be honest, it's been so long. I really can't remember. We did do camps though. We did camps to Eagle Irie. And then there were things like when we got older, we went to things like Big God and Winterfest at Liberty University okay, and things like that. Those were really fun. I really enjoyed always going going there. Um, me and my older sister went there. I think my little sister went a couple times. Is that where most of your friend group came from then? Or like you, you said before, maybe you didn't see other kids as much? I'm trying to remember how you phrased it. We didn't have really a lot of kids where, like in the direct location of where we lived, but because we were going to church all the time. Most of my friends were there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a really good best friend, Haley Upton. And then I also had another best friend, actually, who who was a bully to me initially. And then a few years later, we became best friends as well. (laughs) And her name was Erica Bloodsworth. Okay. So um, I was really close to them growing up. Usually we'd go over to Haley Upton's house and ride four wheelers and have sleepovers on the weekends. And when I was really young, it would be the type of thing where I'd be calling to talk with Haley with the corded phone yes, in the kitchen. Definitely. So, you know, you're trying to, like, get privacy and, you know, because you have so many secrets that are so, you know, intense at the age of nine. Yes. So you're trying to wind the, the wire around. The way my parents' house is set up is you would walk into a living room followed by the dining room, which is connected to the kitchen and mm-hmm. the phone's always in the kitchen so and there's a bathroom there so you're trying to wind it to the bathroom just to get <laughs> away from other people yeah um but yeah were you the era of pagers no 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 we did have these weird things that was like a a pre cell phone pre-text type thing it was i guess reliant on you being close by which of course didn't work for us because (laughs) we were very far apart I mean miles apart they were like these little I don't know it was about the size of like half of a brick Mm -hmm. and it had a tiny keyboard but it it was I guess like you know spy technology quote unquote you know yeah didn't work very well but it was fun so what did you want to be when you grew up I don't even know if I really had that figured out to be honest I uh I don't really remember having a, a specific thing I wanted to do. thought traveling would be cool. I was really scared of it as a child, though, which in like hindsight... Like world travel? Yeah, I really... About? Yeah. yeah, I wanted to do world traveling, but I didn't know how would one would go about that. My parents never traveled, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I guess my mom did early on. She did live in Japan, actually, for a few years because her dad was in the Air Force or her stepdad was in the Air Force, so... Okay. So she did travel early on, but my dad, I don't think, has been out of the country, and he hates airplanes. He's 6'5", but he's terrified of of heights, so. Likes tractors better? Yeah, likes the ground better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So did you have strong, what's the word? What's the word beyond your, like, local family or your tight family unit? Extended? Extended family, yeah. Did you have strong extended family relationships? 
Um, with my dad's side of the family, I would say yes. They were pretty close throughout the years. With my mom's side of the family, it was a little bit strained just because when she divorced Craig, her ex-husband, and there was just a lot of family drama that went on with that. And with my older brother, people, you know, in those situations usually take sides. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, a lot of them didn't side with her, which was just really strange. So there was a lot of, a lot of tension because of that. I think also my parents were believers and they were strong Christians. I guess her side of the family, they would definitely consider themselves to be nominal Christians. Okay. Not in that term. They would consider them to be Christians, but it, the lifestyles were very different. Most family gatherings consisted of a lot of alcohol. And usually by the end of the night, pretty much everybody was drunk. So, which as a kid, I didn't really get, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I just figured people were having a good time, you know, it's pretty normal for your uncle to like drop or jump off the roof of a single story <laughs> house into a pool, like things like that. I remember my cousin Bubba actually, when I was, I think eight or nine, I remember him getting drunk and putting a sleeping bag over top of his head and then egging on their great Dane to attack him. Yeah. Yikes. Which everyone thought was hilarious. So I thought it was hilarious too. Yeah. <laughs> My parents uh, definitely were the type of people that would go to those things, have like one beer and then just be done. Mm-hmm. And I think that the stark difference in, um, you know, the way they were with alcohol consumption was something that bothered a lot of people on my mom's side of the family. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of conversations about, you know, like you can live how you'd like to live. It's just our family's not going to participate in, in all of that. Yeah. But it didn't really come across very, very well. Yeah. So as you did get older, did you drive at 16? I did. Yeah. Did I, um, your whole world change? <laughs> um, I wouldn't really say that my whole world changed. Definitely felt more free. I um, wanted specifically to buy my first car so that it could be mine, just to say it's mine, you mm-hmm. know? And so that, you know, as I said, I'm a rule follower. But for some reason, I was like, I don't want there to be a chance it could be taken away, you know, once I get it. So, so I specifically remember saving up for it to buy that. And it was a 2008 white Crown Vic, mm-hmm. you know, the old cop cars. Mm-hmm. It actually had Kevlar around the gas <laughs> tank, you know, in case I ever wanted to rob a bank. Uh, the trunk was massive, so it was like a small You did have truck. plans. You just don't want us to know what they were. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, uh. <laughs> but um, I, I really liked that car, even though it looked really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. The seats were obviously made for a uh, very tall man. So um, there was a lot of leg room, which is really nice. Yeah. So, yeah. When you finally could drive, did your parents give you a lot of freedom or? Um... I guess as time went on, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I started going to Richard Bland College um, for the dual enrollment classes. I drove myself there. So I usually drove back and forth, um, usually four days out of the week to okay. classes at Richard Bland. I got a work-study job there as a, which my first job, actually, I was a hostess at a Mexican restaurant in Dinwiddie called El Caparel. Okay. So I was the person that welcomed you and then brought chips and salsa to your table. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. But my second job was at Richard Bland because I decided to do a work study program in the library. So I was a work study librarian. So that was really nice. Yeah, no doubt. I enjoyed that. It was very peaceful. I would say probably quiet. Yeah, it was very quiet. It was quiet. Yeah. That was nice. That wouldn't be the age of cell phones, right? Um, In your downtime? I did have. I feel like everyone's downtime is like to be on their phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't remember being on my phone during downtime, um, but I did have a phone at that point. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was kind of anal when it came to schoolwork, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, was helpful, but I studied a lot. Okay. Um, I liked being in study groups, too, at, at the actual college. So usually that stuff was with the science classes and things like that, um, which was helpful because that's how I chose to do nursing. So that kind of set me up to go to VCU afterwards. So what other subjects in school in general did you like as a kid or through high school and college and all that? I really liked math and I hated science as a kid, which is ironic because that kind of flipped in college. Mm -hmm. Started liking science a lot more. 
So it's possible for all the homeschool moms, if their kids hate something now, it won't necessarily be that way. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it can flip, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it was also just a difference in the way that I was learning. So by the time we got to high school, my mom got us on uh, teaching textbooks, which is you typically watch videos. It explains the concept and then you complete the problems. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the in-person in-person learning at college better. I liked the lecture dynamic of it. I didn't really like the math as much. I still did fine in it, but I ended up almost failing my first biology course in college. And then I really, really worked hard at it mm-hmm. and then made a good grade at the end. And that really, I guess, helped to build my confidence in that subject in particular. So I, you know, had to get a certain amount of biology uh, classes anyways, just to graduate with a bachelor's of science. But through that, I attended a panel interview with a bunch of different health professionals. And the nurse gave her spiel. And I was like, I could do that. So that's kind of how I chose it. And then... That was in the second year I was at Richard Bland. So I was there for about two and a half to three years. I can't quite So you'd be like 17. I think I was 18 at that time because I think I started going to VCU at 19. So I listened to that, figured out what I needed to do to get the credits, started working full speed ahead on all of those. I had to make up certain classes. I couldn't get into it. Richard Bland with going to John Tyler too. Did some summer classes and everything to get the credits. So it all worked out. It was, it was good. I probably got the last bit of good years from VCU Yeah, <laughs> before things turned all wonky. Yeah. <laughs> were you the kind of person, like you said, you're a rule follower. Did you take any fun electives or were you just kind of focused on your degree and stuff? I took an art class in college at Richard Bland. And that was uh, that was really fun. I liked doing like craft projects and and painting and drawing and things like that. The discussions I had with the professor, um, she was just a little bit more on like the ethereal side of things, mm-hmm. and the way that she talked about art and it just the way that she spoke about it didn't make much sense she would interpret things i never intended out of like the art pieces i made and Mm -hmm. but it was a fun class yeah yeah well fast forward in recent time you didn't you design some album art for your husband or no oh yeah i do yeah where did you learn to do that oh that was just trying to figure it out okay yeah what did you what did you do exactly Uh, a couple years back i guess no i guess it was last year Um, We were traveling around to different venues and playing shows. And so I decided to kind of bump up his social media game and Mm -hmm. tried to figure out how to make different posters to promote his uh, music and his shows. So that was just fun. It was just a fun thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you took one art class and then... I don't know. I just didn't... Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I had thought... Um, when I was in college, I was like, oh, it might be kind of nice to like go to a college for arts before I had decided on nursing. But then taking the class, I really didn't like having like deadlines for things, which mm-hmm. would be required. And So what kind of nursing did you end up in or start out doing? Did that evolve? or? Um, well, so I went to VCU again at 19, and it's a cohort program. So it's basically me and 80 other people in a program for three years we had already gotten our bachelor's degrees by then and you kind of start out doing everything you don't start your clinicals which is the actual inpatient time until year two i think so after that i was on a bunch of different units so we did you know mother infant we did pediatric i personally hated pediatric nursing Mostly because I I just don't think I'd be very good at it. It's very sad. Mm. The kids are great, usually. Usually it's hard with the parents. And then also, I just don't think I'd be magical enough, you know? Mm. Um, The nurses that work in pediatrics specifically are just so magical with Mm. their approach to nursing to a child. Because you kind of do have to, um, you have to very much kind of play it up, especially with younger kids. And, you know, I, I like the realism of being kind of, blunt with what's going to happen and I feel like that wouldn't go over necessarily well so immediately from the beginning I chose adults yeah (laughs) I ended up graduating and then going into cardiac nursing because I really like cardiac and then I would work with both cardiac and lung patients so that was on Mainton, West and Central are these people well especially the cardiac they're 
just really concerned they're going to die? Um, it's kind of a mix. I think at least the unit I was on was a step down. So we would get admissions from the ED for things like heart attacks and, and blood clot, things like that. But it was also a procedural unit. So we would get heart transplants, patients that had been released directly from the ICU after getting a heart transplant needing to kind of recover a bit more before they'd go home. Okay. And uh, and other procedures like that. I mean, we would have amputation procedures that you would do post-op care for. Ew. Oh, it was actually really fun. I loved wound care. That was actually one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I loved all of it. It was... Uh, yeah, Simon used to joke because when we, so we met through his sister, Leah. Okay. And when we met, I think he was looking through some of my photos one time on my phone and he came across my folder um, for nursing when she was like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of like really gnarly wounds or, you know, if someone had had like a GI bleed, I would take a picture to show the doctor, like things like Ooh. that. Yeah, so... He didn't really appreciate that, so I tried to kind of like, you know, move yeah. all of those photos into a folder so he wouldn't necessarily have to happen on those. <laughs> he was just checking and looking through looking through old photos of us and things like that. So I have to ask, if you weren't thinking about being a nurse as a kid, can you look back at your younger self and be like, oh, this makes sense? I can't, but my Nana says that she can. Okay. Um, she said that... She knew I was going to be a nurse when I helped my older, uh, so her dad, mm -hmm. my grand, my granddad. Um, I was helping him down the stairs when I was like three, which of course I'm not being very helpful, and I probably was more <laughs> so pulling him down the stairs at that point. But he had a lot of complex health problems, but she saw it. She had a vision. I guess I don't. I don't know. I never saw it though, personally, especially with me being angry. I wanted to think that those two things would match up, but. So, ooh, wound care. And then when you graduated, you were jumping around the floors or different parts oh, of the hospital. Oh, no. So all of the jumping around happens in school. And okay. then you just pick a job out outside of it. There actually is a job that you can do where you do just go to a bunch of different floors. It's called supplemental. But okay, um, never wanted to do that. So um, I didn't follow the timeline. So is this what you picked when you graduated? Yeah. I okay. Picked, I picked cardiac my senior year. Um, I had what we call like a senior synthesis where you're, you choose a unit of your choosing. If they choose you back, you get to go there for the whole semester and kind of learn on 12-hour shifts with the nurse, their oh. night nurse or day, day nurse. So I really liked it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, it kind of clicked all the information, what seemed like it came on pretty easily. So that was really, really nice. Were you uh, living at home at this time or did you yes. move out? So I never, never moved to college. I was commuting the entire time. So both Richard Blaney and VCU. So like when I'm doing my senior synthesis clinicals and things like that, I'd be commuting from Dinwiddie, doing those for 12 or 13 hours and then driving home. Yeah. One time I did a very bad thing in that I scheduled a clinical after a night shift senior synthesis clinical. Mm -hmm. And at that point I was up for like 32 hours and felt Wow. Very, very delusional. Yeah. <laughs> or delirious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a fun time. What was your uh, faith like in your college years? So for my, I guess, time at Richard Bland, um, oh, that's kind of a long story, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So I got saved, I guess, when I was eight. Um, around the age of 10, uh, I had, or I guess our family had quite a bit of death happen. So there was a period of time from like ages 10 to 18 where there was someone dying about every five to six months. Okay. Um, so it was, uh, it was at that point that, uh, you know, I, I did consider myself to be saved, but I don't think I processed that stuff very well. I mostly tried to process it by just being numb to it. And it would be like close, close family members grandparents, uncles, actually my, my older brother's firstborn, she passed of SIDS. Mm -hmm. And then it was, you know, people my age when I was 14, one of the girls that I knew got in a really bad car accident and passed. But there were just quite a few uh, deaths just right after the other. So I, um, for the most part, uh, tried to just numb myself completely to all of that, which I didn't do a very good job at. But that definitely, I let that wall build between me and God for years. 
actually when I was 16 or 17. This was after. I think the timeline was my my dad's dad died. About six months later, my granny, my mom's mom died. And then we were actually, we had, my parents had decided we were all going to go to Disney World as like a nice family vacation. We literally get there get in the hotel and then I get a call that my uncle had a massive heart attack Mm -hmm. and this is my mom's brother and he passed and at that point I guess the callousness morphed more so into anger again Um, and so at that point I basically um, I guess I didn't renounce God but I definitely told him I didn't want anything to do with him I still knew he was there but I just told him to leave me alone I didn't want to have a relationship with him and uh and not so nice of words I guess and so I went through a period of time where I really didn't I really didn't try uh to be a Christian at all I guess by the grace of God I didn't really get into like anything crazy and I think part of that was probably due to the fact that I just I guess I didn't want to disappoint my parents and that got me from getting into a lot of stuff because I was going to Richard Blaine at that time the only people I knew Richard Bland that were Christians was actually my boss of the library, Irene. And then I think Emily, she also was a, like a secondary boss or second tier boss. And she was a Christian as well. But I really didn't, they didn't have any Bible studies. I went to church just because my parents wanted me to at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't very involved, wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't praying, any of that. When I got to VCU, I think that it was by the grace of God that He kind of helped me to realize that I needed him. (laughs) You know, VCU is not Christian by any means, and neither is Richard Bland, but you can definitely feel his absence more, I think, at at VCU. And choosing a path like nursing, you see a lot of sickness a lot of the time. And there's a temptation, I think, as nursing professionals or doctors within nursing to kind of glorify yourself in fixing other humans Mm. and uh, you know when that doesn't work that kind of holds a mirror up to the necessity of God yeah so I got involved with ICF or no it wasn't ICF it was InterVarsity and it was a Christian organization just one day you're like gonna look around or um, it was something that t- typically um, each semester there would be uh, a time for students that wanted to kind of stand up before the, like the cohort. That's what they called all of us, all 80 of us that were in the program together, um, just to announce different things that were available. Um, okay. And two of the individuals in the cohort, they were part of it. So they took the time at the beginning of uh, that one of the semesters just to announce to everybody that... If you wanted to come, we had a InterVarsity nursing group. So that was actually run by Bethany Miller, um, who's actually, she's Ghost Remnant. Yeah. (laughs) But so she was the leader of the group. Um, I started going actually with Simon's sister. Oh, yeah. So was she in nursing at the time or out of it? She was in her senior year when I was in it's not really freshman year, but it was the first year of nursing. Mm-hmm. So she was in her third year about to graduate, and I was in my first year just okay. starting. So it was really nice because you kind of got a perspective of all of the different semesters, all the different years, and kind of what to expect. And then also people could relate to you and kind of what you were struggling with, whether that be the spiritual or just like the har- the difficulty of, of nursing in general and the nursing curriculum. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really nice. It was about 15 or 18 of us in her living room of her apartment over on Grove Avenue. So can I ask you, did you come in like, eh, like I just have a background in faith or did you come in like, okay, I'm a Christian. I'm, I need help. I'm seeking God again. I definitely came in uh, with the intent of wanting to be closer with God again. And that group kind of spurred on, I guess, spurred me on to being more intentional. I still definitely was not the best at being disciplined and you know I was so disciplined at school as far as studying and I wish I would have put that effort into studying the Bible (laughs) I would probably be much farther along in my faith if I had done that but yeah I I I just didn't I saw schoolwork as more important than that which is completely wrong but um yeah luckily by the grace of God I at least did get in with 
that crowd. And I think that that also was a grace that God provided to give me kind of a community of believers and an accountability too Mm -hmm. in a school where there's a lot. um, If there was a lot I could get into at (laughs) Richard Bland, there is a lot more I could get into at VCU just because of the fact that it's an urban school. Sure. So I, um, I think that that was very protective of God for me. So I'm really, I actually texted Bethany a few uh, months ago. She was asking if I could come say hi to some of the new nurses. It didn't end up working out, but oh, wow. um, But it's just crazy. It's crazy that she goes there and it's crazy that, that that's kind of part of the story that's kind of interwoven now. Definitely impacted your life. So, because I don't want to not let you share anything that you do want to share. Usually we go sort of a little more s- sober, I guess. Do you have any other obstacles in your life that you had to overcome that you can think of? Um, yeah, so I, uh, I guess at the age of 16 or 17, um, around the same time I renounced God, I guess I did, uh, get into some things. I, uh, decided to watch porn for the first time and ended up getting addicted to porn for about five years. So that was definitely an area of my life where, you know, I I feel like, it's important to talk about because of how patient and forgiving and loving and gracious God is. I um, I guess got into that out of loneliness, and I figured it would be at least a better alternative than sleeping around. So I um, was ashamed of it the entire time. But, you know, it's like with any sin, being kind of frames it in a, oh, it'll be better this time. You won't feel bad kind of a thing. Yeah. And then every time afterwards, you just feel smaller and uh, less valuable. I, uh, you know, when I would date people, I would, you know, stop doing that. And then we'd break up and then I'd start back. That was kind of a rhythm back and forth. Uh, I actually had quite a few talks with people I dated about that specifically. I was pretty open with the fact that I struggled with it, at least with them. I never told my parents until probably like three years ago. Mm. Never told anybody, never told my sisters. So it was something where God, God was very patient with me, but Satan definitely took full advantage of that in breaking down kind of my self-worth and putting up another wall uh, with God, you know, it kind of just makes you feel extremely dirty and makes you feel like you can't keep coming back to God to apologize because it's your fault for falling in that way each yeah. time anyways. So uh, my senior year of college, I um, ended up meeting Simon. And again, this was through his his younger sister, Leah. We were in the same cohort together. She said senior year, like, oh, my brother's moving back from New Jersey. You should date him. And I said, nope. <laughs> I I didn't want to cause conflict in, like, a friendship over that. But then I met him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's pretty great. <laughs> so Definitely. I was like, well. <laughs> um, we, started, we started dating. And I guess it was probably. Was Leah like, I told you. <laughs> She was uh, real supportive at first, and she was like, yeah, that's right. I set them up. I was really <laughs> proud of it. But yeah, so I uh, kind of initiated a conversation with Simon about all that stuff really early on into our relationship. I felt comfortable doing that because literally our second date, we prayed together and not just like mm. over a meal. We were praying about just like a different family dynamic at the time. And I was pretty encouraged and surprised by his boldness Mm. to pray on a date. I was just kind of, I had never really encountered that with anyone I had dated before. I didn't really, you know, shoot super high in the dating world (laughs) (laughs) beforehand. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I, I initiated the conversation with him and just said, hey, you know, hopefully you can answer this honestly. Uh, hopefully this isn't offensive to you. And I'll start by saying I also struggle with this and I've been addicted to porn for about five years. I usually stop with each relationship. What are your thoughts and do you struggle too, basically? Yeah. 
And and he started confessing to me that he also struggled with the same thing. He was surprised that I did and that I fessed up to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, at the time. But it was a really, really good way to start out a relationship, I think. We both kind of vowed to each other to not do that while we were dating. There were some mess ups, but um, he proposed seven months after we started dating. And we got married about 13 months um, after we started dating. So with the timeline of that, I am now five years porn free, Hmm. which praise God, that is something that, uh, at least in the midst of it, I never thought would be possible. And um, I guess I just wanted to bring that up and and broach that because I'm I'm assuming that there are quite a few ladies that probably do still struggle with that, either at, at remnant or, or not remnant. And um, I just want to encourage you that you're not alone in that and that God's forgiveness is, um, it massively outweighs the negative feelings that you feel towards yourself. And his forgiveness is complete and full and... He is the ultimate redeemer, and I can truthfully say that in me and Simon's relationship, he has definitely redeemed our sins in that way and uh, blessed us with a really, really beautiful marriage and um, and sex life, which, you know, just to put that on there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's been something that God has been extremely, extremely good in my life about. And um, yeah, yeah, praise God. Thanks, Ashley. So what are some things that you can appreciate looking back now that maybe just you were in the trenches and couldn't see it, but you can now? Um, I think that as far as uh, the history of lots of death and, and processing that, I think that God has been very faithful in helping me to process that. I'm definitely, you know, I'm not perfect at dealing with that. <laughs> by any means, but I can honestly say that I would I would go to him for comfort in that at this time of life, whereas I couldn't say that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I feel like he's healing kind of the like the numbness and anger I've felt about both that and my brother. I can see him moving in all of that, and uh, that's really really such a blessing. And he's providing in other ways. Even I mean Simon's brother Jude is, I guess, the closest brother figure I've ever really had. Mm. And he's just, both him and his wife, Yawin, she's my sister-in-law, and just, they're just great, yeah. basically adopted siblings, I guess. Where do <laughs> I, they uh, live? They live in Penn State, so they're okay. a little bit farther out, but Yawin, she just got her, her master's degree, so she's working up there in biochemical engineering. Okay. And, um, and Jude is about to finish with his PhD, and... I don't quite understand everything because my brain just doesn't work like that. But basically, <laughs> he came up with the equation to the fourth dimension. <laughs> so, I, wow. Yeah, okay. it's like mind blowing. I don't even, I can't, I, yeah, it doesn't compute for me. But clearly, um, they're so very they're both dear very to you. smart. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, um, it's been a really big blessing. And it's like, you know, you lose a brother, but God provides another brother in a different way. And luckily, I get an extra sister, too. So <laughs> I hope we can meet them someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should be in town. Dinner party. Soon for the, the baby birth, maybe. Mm. So, yeah. Your baby? My baby birth. Yes, I yes. am pregnant. <laughs> yes. Currently, almost 35 weeks. And Your first. Checking away. Yeah, with my first. Yep. Yeah, she's a she's very active so far. Yeah, she's a real she's a thrasher, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> dancer, but, how about dancer? Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny when Simon plays guitar; she just like I guess beat bops all in there, and so mm-hmm. my stomach's just continually moving. But it's it's cool to see. But so far, she really likes his music. Good. Perfect. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, did you have you been practicing nursing? I guess five years now. I think that it's been about. About that long. Okay. About, I guess four or five years. Yeah, I can't quite remember, but yeah, it's been about that. And I uh, just recently pwned my resignation, actually, because I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. So I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Yes. Yeah. Are there any other things you want to share or talk about or things you want to draw in from your family or bringing? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that bad to say? 
<laughs> it's not bad to say at all. All right. Well, if there's anything else you want to drop in in the next episode, feel free to do so. But for this one, let's just close with honoring a woman in our church family that has stood out to you for her godly virtue and impacted your life. And then if you'll mention her and pray for her and we'll end the podcast there. Sure thing. Um, the lady I'd like to honor um, would be Jackie Doherty. So her and her husband, Josh Doherty, used to go to Remnant and they used to go to actually our community group. That's how we met and that's how we started getting to know each other. They actually did have to move away to a different church because they had their firstborn and they live like 45 minutes away. <laughs> so that's understandable. But we've just kept in contact and I just really appreciate her friendship. She's kind of a step ahead. They've already had actually two kids. So getting marriage and and uh, like child rearing advice as well as just spiritual encouragement and advice has been really, really much appreciated. And I would love to pray over her. So, um, dear God, I thank you so much for um, Jackie. I thank you that she is uh, such a kind soul, great mom, great wife, and great friend to me. I pray that you'd bless her, um, bless her relationship with you and her children and her husband. Pray that you'd bless her spiritual relationship with you, and that you continue to uh, be with her and guide her through life and its difficult circumstances. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to get to know her in this lifetime, and I'm thankful that as Christians we believe that we'll all be reunited afterwards as well. So I pray that uh, you continue to bless our relationship and that you would Um, Again, just help her to feel so loved and valued um, by you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Whole Home Podcast, a podcast that displays the unity of sisters in a local church and the way God so wonderfully gives us to each other in our uniqueness and in our sameness for His glory. The stories we share weave together as one grand testimony to the work of Christ and His faithful presence in the garden of our lives. Remember, The master gardener is always at work, so let's yield to him and grow where we're planted.